Good morning, everybody. This is Ehud, son of Dennis. It's a religion is on the air. Come to you live from the Middle West of the divided states of America and to the republic for which they stand, two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. And we see this at work in our society today. Those of you who want to tear down buildings and uh, take people's stuff that doesn't belong to you, if you're doing it in the name of social justice, if you're doing it in the name of racism, if you're doing it in the name of anything but the cause of freedom, you are free to do so. You will not be chastised. You will be supported by the Democrat Party, by the socialists, by the communists. And we see this at work in Canada right now. Justin Trudeau comes out against the freedom protest, the protest that says, we want freedom from your tyrannical edicts, Mr. Prime Minister, we want to be free to not have to take a shot. We want to be free to cross the Canadian border without showing our papers. And yet we see Mr. Trudeau coming out and clamping down even harder, even further, reducing the liberties of his people in the name of freedom and security, folks. Hey, I'm just trying to keep people safe. I'm just trying to protect people. And yet the people that are... Uh, there to promote freedom and likely are the most protective of freedom and good things, the truckers, the regular Joe blue-collar folks are the ones that are going to eat the shaft because that's what this world is all about at this point. It's the elites against the working class, folks. I suppose it's been that way for a long time. Uh, the elites were just better at hiding it in the past. Now it's all out in the open. People that are pro-communism, pro-China, pro-globalist, pro, hey, we should take your stuff because you have too much of it, even though the government just wastes it, most of it anyway. And I always come back to that that CDC total, 31,000 people working at the CDC. That's, just, that's that's more people than live in the town that I live in. All work at the CDC, looking out for us. Uh, Centers for Disease Control. How many diseases do we need control of? Right? I mean, even this pandemic was a joke. If, if people would have used therapeutics at the start, like the people treating the actual doctors that were treating people, not the doctors behind glass towers in Washington, D.C. that were directing traffic on this, but the actual people who were on the front lines doing what it took. Oh, it's such a crazy world at this point. What happened? Can we, can we ask that? Good Lord, what happened? When, when did this all start? When did it come about? Oh, when Adam ate the fruit. Ah, okay. See, people, we here at It's a Religion believe that we were created beings. We believe that didn't happen all that long ago, probably six, six 7,000 years ago, somewhere in that neighborhood. And we believe because of that, there is purpose to this life. There is a design to this life. There's design to everything that we see, hear, touch, smell, feel. We have these senses because God designed them. We have a conscience because God put it there. We have a mind and a heart that is beat, a mind that's thinking, a heart that's beating, lungs that are breathing. 
And I would ask any evolutionist, what came first, folks? How did it develop over time? How did it take millions of years to develop those three things? Just the heart, the mind, you know, you can't see yet, you can't hear yet. I haven't even talked about those, but just the heart, the mind, and the lungs. How did those develop over millions of years? Help me out. What came first? Oh, we don't know. It just did. We don't know how it happened yet. Oh. And I'm the one with the fantasy. I'm the one with the story that uh, doesn't make sense. Okay. Yeah, soup in millions of years. That makes sense. Sure. Sure it does. Anyway, that's what's driving our society right now. You have people of faith, people like myself, who want to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he is all about. And you have people that don't and put their faith and trust in something else. And that's the bottom line, people. You have two choices. It's really that simple. Some people will say it's a multitude of choices. I say it's two. You know, In effect, it's two. That's the result. So let's talk about faith for a minute. I we we've been reading the Bible up, you know, from Genesis through the end of the Old Testament. Yesterday we finished with Malachi. We did not read all the Old Testament prophets or all every word for word in the Old Testament, but I wanted to get to the New Testament because that's where as a Christian we find the New Testament written in Christ's blood. And so that is what's pertinent to our lives today. The Old Testament points to Christ. I mean, the whole Bible points to Christ, but the Old Testament shows uh, the creation, it shows how God uh, de- designed everything and developed everything uh, to be. And because of the fall, he shows the lineage that Christ came through, the Israelites, the Jews. And it shows the struggles that they had. And I believe a lot of that is because Satan was allowed to uh, go after them from time to time, just like in the book of Job is a representation of that. Um, but Job was faithful in his generation. So faith, we're going to look at, there's 231 results when you just do a word search on faith. And most of those, 229 of them are in the New Testament. Now, there's a lot of references to faithful in the Old Testament or faithfulness, but not faith. And in in this instance, we're going to look at uh, some of these instances uh, in the book of Matthew today. And I'm going to, going to continue this study for a little while. Um and then we'll get back to reading the Bible at some point. But I want to do some word studies in between because I'd, I'd like to get in the habit of doing that and look at what the Bible says on different topics. And this topic of faith, again, leads to 229 results. Let's read a few of them this morning. Matthew six thirty. excuse me, says this. It's kind of weird. My Bible app doesn't go to the exact verse that it references now. It goes just to the chapter. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall not he much clothe you, more clothe you, O ye of little faith? And uh, Jesus is calling people out there that don't trust in God for what they need. And how often do we do that? How often do we go through this life thinking we have to do something to, to get something? And I think there's certainly value in work. There's value in uh, pursuing that. I mean, God gave Adam and Eve work to do in the garden. There's work is good for you. Work is a good thing. But to think that God doesn't somehow interject himself in this equation and, 
is your ultimate provider. I mean, the fact that you have work to do, the fact that you have a job and earn income is due to, to Christ giving you life in the first place, but then giving you that opportunity, I think, in the overall. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that follow, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. And who is he talking about here? Well, he goes back. Let's go back to the start of this. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came to him a centurion, beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. Now, a centurion was a Roman. He wasn't a Jew. And, you know, I believe people were probably marveling at him going, you're going to go help a Roman guy? What is the deal? But the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goes, and another come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, have not, I have not found so great a faith, though not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west, and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But... The children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness and shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. He's referring to, you know, the Pharisees especially and the people that were giving him a hard time. He's like, look, this guy's got faith. He knows that I have the authority to do what I say I'm going to do. You know, people at this point had seen him work miracles and knew that there was something different about this man. And this centurion just goes, look, I, I get it. You're a man under, I'm a man who has authority and I know when you say something, it's going to be done because you have ultimate authority. And Jesus called him out for his faith. Uh, and what a beautiful example it was to the people that were there. So and further in that chapter, this is chapter 8 in verse 26. We hear this, and he says unto them, Why ye fearful? Why are ye fearful? Ye of little faith. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So he's going through a boat ride with his disciples. And there's a big storm that comes up, and he's sleeping during the thing, and they freak out and go, hey, Jesus, what's going on? But then he gets up and rebukes, and the men marveled, saying, what manner of man is this? And even the winds and the sea obey him. You know, folks, we have eyewitnesses of what Jesus did when he was here. And for someone to sit here and call that uh, what it's not is a, is an anathema. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And... Why would you not want to have faith in, in someone who did so much for so many and then died for your sins? You just read what the man did and all the eyewitnesses, the things that he did. And John even says if, if they wrote everything down, there would be books upon books upon books. And behold, they brought him to a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. So he is able to forgive even sins, because he is the Son of God, the Most High. He could heal people instantaneously, folks. He didn't need 600 years to help a guy grow a new arm. It was done. When he said it, it was done. And that's how he created everything. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. And that's another one that I always come back to. There's a, a debate between folks that, that think that God gives you the faith to believe. And I think he certainly draws you from his word and the preaching of the word. 
Um, but when it comes to placing your faith in him or accepting the gift that, that God's given you, I mean, right here is another reference. Every time Jesus references faith, he says, your faith has made you well. Your faith has made you whole. The faith that you have is, has helped this happen. And even when he went to his own town in Nazareth, he couldn't do very many miracles because people lacked faith in him. And there's a faith component that is at play here that people have to exhibit. And I believe that faith is based on a free will to exhibit that faith. Uh, in society, in the kingdom of God, towards others, and really to trust God in what he has promised. But Jesus turned about and said he saw her. Okay, that, I just did that one. So 9.22. Let's look at 9.29. We'll go down another seven verses. And see what that has to say. 9.29 says this. It says, Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. So they had faith to be healed. Um, and so he healed somebody's sight on the spot instantaneously, did not need a lot of help to do that, did not need uh, someone there doing anything for him, didn't need a special potion, didn't need time to let people do it. It was just done. Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind had ceased, and they were in the ship and came from worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. So there was another time when he was out on a ship with these guys, and they were having a hard time again. Because, man, the Sea of Galilee must be a pretty wild place. So just a few more references here. We skip down to Matthew fifteen twenty-eight, And I'm just going through faith references in the book of Matthew today. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. So, and this is a conversation he had with a woman at the well. And Jesus went thence and departed under the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman, a Canaan of Canaan, came out of the same coast. And he cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. And he answered her not a word, and his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's tables. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Again, instantaneously, not after the fact, not ten years later, not a hundred years later. Of course, she'd be dead by then, but you know what I mean. When Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, reason ye among yourselves, because you have brought no bread. Do ye not yet understand, or neither remember the five thousand loaves, and how many ye took up? So this is a discussion on bread, and he calls out their lack of faith in, in what he's talking about. Chapter 21, verse 21. Let's see what that says. We're down there. We go, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also 
he shall, he shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. Now, I think the, the disciples were given a little bit extra heaping of God's Spirit to do things that, um, I don't know if, if it's available still today or not. I think I hear my wife making coffee. So I'm going to go see her. Um, 23.23. Where is it? And he that shall swear by heaven sweareth by the throne of God and by him that sitteth thereon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. Hmm. That's a bad thing. Shouldn't do that. Give me just a minute. So, faith. What is the definition of faith, by the way? Has anybody looked that up? Maybe. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Uh, so, according to Webster's nowadays, strong belief or trust in someone or something. Belief in the existence of God, strong religious feelings or beliefs, a system of religious beliefs. So the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the things, trust in things that are unseen. And faith is what God has allocated to us that we have to exhibit in order to trust in him. He's not going to just come stand in your living room and go, look, I'm God, you need to put your trust and faith in me. Why he does it this way, I don't know. But there is a component of that that's a spiritual component, I believe, that doesn't work on the physical reality of life. It doesn't work on physical attributes. It's something that's behind the scenes, that's hidden, that it doesn't manifest manifest itself in some physical way. Um, it may manifest itself in a physical way when you exhibit your faith and start preaching the gospel, for instance. That would be a physical outcropping of your faith. But I think most people get what I'm I'm trying to say with that. So faith is a good thing. We're going to continue that study here for the next who knows. I mean, we'll we'll see. But we got two hundred and what eighteen, two hundred and seventeen, fifteen verses to go <laughs> through the New Testament to look at at different portions of what faith is and how to exhibit that in life.
So let's look at the news feed. Um, Getter's kind of all over the place. Yeah, I'm not going to deal with that this morning. Um, I think that, that we're in a, a very interesting place in our society today. Um, I saw a story in CBN, Nature's Pharmacy, How to Use God's Creation to Heal Disease. And, you know, there's more and more people going back to natural remedies, and especially now that the medical community has gone full-on communist, um, totalitarianistic, you're going to listen to us regardless, and we're going to use the government to force you to get shots that you don't want, to take meds you don't want. I mean, I look at them the medical regimen that my grandmother's on in the nursing home. And I'm like, okay, I get it. I mean, that's, is that all doctors are good for anymore? Is just writing prescriptions? Cause the, the lady's 96 and she's on like 12 medications that she has to take daily and weekly. And I just look at that and go, really people, you know, how long are you going to keep her alive so you can pump money out of her? Uh, you know, almost at this point. I mean, her quality of life really isn't anything to write home about. We get to go see her once a week, and she's still hanging in there. But if I put myself in her shoes, I don't think I'm going to keep taking all this stuff and hang out, hang around. So, I mean, I I know where I'm going. But that's beside the point. You got the little dictator up north, Canada's Trudeau, little uh, little Castro. I think he's going to be known as, who doesn't like freedom, doesn't like protest against his government for freedom, is acting supposedly like he wants to protect people and make people safe, just trying to keep people safe. And... I would think civil libertarians or liberty, you know, typical liberals should be aghast at what he's doing. But you don't have typical liberals anymore, folks. You have freedom-loving, you know, country-first people, like people that voted for Trump, and dictators, communists, people who want to rule your life and run your life, if they, especially if you don't agree with them. So I really think this is going to backfire, much like a lot of things that liberals do. When people are used to being free, um, they're not, you know, I don't know. I have a hard time believing, like, their military and their uh, police forces and things like that are going to clamp down on these people up there the way that, that Trudeau would want them to. So we'll see what happens. You know, I think at the end, there's going to be a, a one-world government someday. They're going to get their way because they're never going to stop. They're going to keep trying to incrementally do this. And you're going to have the Freedom Coalition, I'll call it, in the Daily Wire. It says that these very powers are why we are here. Canadian protesters digging their heels against Trudeau's crackdown. And again, it's going to inspire more people to fight for freedom, to fight against the tyranny of the government, the tyranny that, that we see at work here. And the tyranny is is based on its own faith, folks. The you know, faith in Christ exhibits freedom. It exhibits free will, free choice, free expression. Um but faith in Satan, basically, in other mechanisms like evolution, like uh, secular humanism, 
where humans are thought to be basically good. And which really isn't true, I should say. Obviously, we're basically evil in heart, but for God's grace. And when humans are, are able to act out their natural inferences, this is what happens. You have 67 genders. You have um, people saying two men getting married is normal. You have Justin Trudeau cracking down on people who love freedom and are protesting in a peaceful way, not tearing down buildings, not doing things that he supported with the BLM protesters a little less than two years ago without any issue whatsoever. And the media that he has, I'm sure, will carry his water for him, just like the legacy media does in this country. You know, we saw recently Hillary Clinton getting busted for paying to infiltrate the Trump campaign to spy on the president of the United States in the White House. And Trump claiming that back in 60 Minutes report, Leslie Stahl, oh, you don't have any evidence of that. And again, you know, the legacy media is going to continue to try and cover that up, I'm sure, just like they're trying to cover up all the issues that, that there were with the 2020 election. And the fact that, that Joe Biden could never have gotten more votes than Barack Obama. I don't care how many people voted. You could have had 10 times as many people voted, and I don't think he would have got more votes than Barack Obama did in 2012 or 2016. It's it's ridiculous to think that, that Biden beat Trump in that last election. It's absolutely preposterous. And, you know, beyond that, I believe there are a lot more people that won that, that didn't end up going to Washington. Two people in Georgia... Um, someone in Michigan, for sure. I don't, you know, I venture to guess a couple other places. But it's uh, it's interesting. But then, you know, you have other efforts, not just the Trudeau making the move to end the protests, but report to detail climate change effect on lives. UN's panel's latest update likely to be horrifying well of course they got to create terror within people they got to create angst within people that's how people are controlled when you have fear i mean basically you look at the last two years if people weren't so fearful about what this disease could do to them you there's no way these governments would have got away with half of what they got away with anthony fauci would have been run out of town on a rail but they were able to create fear in people you're gonna die if you get this thing not, well, you know, if you just get some ivermectin in the cabinet and treat it early enough, it's like the common cold. You know, you're going to have a headache for a couple of days and might throw up once or twice. I don't know. But that's where we're at, folks. Fear drives poor decision making. And we shouldn't have such fear as we have. So... I think I'm going to call it a show. I'm going to figure out whether I'm going to crash for a little bit or try and get on the road. I hope you all have a blessed day. And just know that no matter what is going on in the world, find refuge in Christ. You can find a refuge there, a peace that is past all understanding. Because when you trust in him, you know there's more to this. There's more to this story than the angst we're going through at any given moment in this planet. And that angst is from sin and from people putting their faith in the wrong places. 
but we know better. Jesus is Lord. Put your trust in him. Have a good day. Thank you, Lord, for the small things like me and her on a porch swing. For summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings. If I still got breath in these lungs, then that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mama, for my friends.